thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're really excited uh, about uh, coming together tonight, and uh, mostly because whenever you come together uh, in the name of the Lord, He's there uh, in the midst of you. And uh, I think most of the time that is just something that we say. It's not something that we realize. And if we ever realized it, you would uh, um, come together more, <laughs> right? Especially as you see uh, uh, the end coming and the end approaching. So if, uh, if you're awake at all spiritually, you probably are aware that uh, the time is very short and uh, the time is very near. So this is one of the best things you could do tonight or uh, whenever you're uh, watching this. So we're very happy. Let's start out with a word of prayer, and Melody's going to open us in prayer, so I'll just lean over there, because I love her anyhow, and, uh, and then you can hear. All right. Father God, we love you. We thank you so much for this time we have together. We just pray that uh, we'd have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We pray for wisdom and understanding and revelation into your ways and in your knowledge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I was, uh, come on in, come on in. I was uh, thinking that we were maybe done with the... Uh, short little uh, series we did on the Holy Spirit, but uh, we're not done. So uh, we're going to go back, and I'm going to start tonight with, um, I didn't even number them. I think it's about 42 things, 42 names. And so uh, I just want you to listen um, with your spiritual ears as I read uh, what the Scripture has to say about the Holy Spirit um, as we begin. All right. Remember in um, Matthew, Jesus is talking about uh, the parable of the sower, mm -hmm. and he talks about, you know, that the sower uh, sowed the seeds, and some fell on uh, good ground, some fell by the wayside, some fell, and then th uh, thorns and weeds uh, uh, grew up and different things. And, um, and then he said to the disciples, uh, you know, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Mm -hmm. Right? He that has ears to hear, let him hear, which I think is a very. Um, powerful and enlightening statement and reality that he communicated that he who has ears to hear let him hear and then he said to the disciples they were questioning him about it, how come you're talking in parables like why are you talking like this right and um uh he said because it's been given to you to hear and understand but it has not been given to them to hear and understand yet at this point right um and so then he went on to say, you know, when he started the parable, he said, this is the parable that will define every other parable. The parable of the sower is the most important parable that Jesus ever spoke. And it's all about the sower sowing the word and what happens when the sower sows the word. And so, um, but he said multiple times uh, in that uh, passage, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. And does that echo in anybody's spirit? Like where else did you hear that in the word? What book? Anybody remember? The book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, right? right he that has right. ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so, um, you know, Jesus there was even quoting back in Isaiah, where it said, they have eyes to see, but they do not see, and they have ears to hear, but they do not hear. Mm -hmm. And he said, these are the ones that fall by the wayside, the seeds that fall by the wayside. And they spring up real quick, but then when the heat comes, they wither away, right? In other words, they're just hearing it, uh, put it in everyday, like uh, 21st century American terms. They're not receiving with their hearts or really hearing what the Word is saying. They're hearing it in their head like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. And then when the heat comes, when the pressure comes, what happens? There is no root so there is no source of strength and life outside of itself. So it's barely sustained already. And when a difficult time comes, well, that must not be true. Uh, I know the Bible says that, but that must not be true. That's because, that's not because the Bible's not true. That's because you, you did not actually hear in your heart what he said. If you ever hear in your heart what he said, you don't have to try to act different. You don't have to try to do what the Word says. It becomes your natural reaction. Right? So, so it's not, if it's ever like a, 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 what do you call it? Man, I feel like I'm just like 
tied down and I'm trying to move forward and I can't move forward, you're not doing it God's way. Mm-hmm. Right? And so uh, it is not a matter of um, like um, some whole denominations teach if you just do enough good things, well, even then they teach if you could do enough good things, maybe some way, somehow, the Lord might move. Is He's mysterious, you know. You never can tell what the Lord will do. Well, there is a mysterious part to the Lord, but there's so many things that He has revealed to us that we know He will do. And most of the time they're talking about healing or something like that. And that's not, uh, you know, in that case, uh, in some way they're right. He is not going to heal anybody. He already has healed everyone. It's a matter of us believing and recognizing it. Just like He's not going to save anyone. Yet people will be born again and they will be saved because they actually take what He already made available and say, okay, I'll take that. Right. Right? It's like if... Um, your grandfather left you a $5 million uh, deposit in an account and it comes to maturity when you hit age, let's see here, I can't get everybody in here, but you know, when you come to middle age, say like 50 years old and you know it comes to maturity. Well, it comes to maturity all at once, but you could be 55 years old and not have enough money to eat which you wouldn't because you're a child of God. He'll always take care of you, what you're going to wear, what you can eat, but let's pretend, you know. So uh, you could be living in poverty or living in lack, yet if you don't ever go and draw out of that account that has your name on it, that you're the only one that has access to that, no one else can get it, it belongs to you, well, you won't benefit from it because even though it's there, even though uh, he died and left it to you in his will, right? It's yours. It belongs to you. But so it's already done. It's not like your grandfather, he's not going to, if he's in heaven now, he's not going to come back. He's already done what he's going to do. So uh, Jesus, on the other hand, he will come back. (laughs) But he also left us an inheritance. And we access that by believing in our hearts what he said about it. And so that's how how we can access it. So. Always with the things of God, and especially with the Spirit of God, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit again tonight, um, we have to um, like you have to lean in to hear what he's saying. Like hopefully I'm talking quiet enough that you're kind of like physically wanting to lean in, like, what is he trying to say? Why is he talking like that? Well, that really has to be your attitude, your heart's attitude towards what God is saying. You know, like um, uh, Brother Hagen had um, a real amazing experience in uh, 1952, I think it was. He was preaching for a pastor, and um, after the evening meeting, they... uh, I went to the kitchen table at the pastor's house. He was staying at the pastor's house. And um, they were eating some sandwiches and got to talk in the Word. And like time got away and everything like that. And then uh, the pastor's uh, daughter came up and said, uh, Daddy, aren't you going to pray with us? Because he'd pray with them every night before they went to bed. And he's like, well, I'm talking. She said, Daddy, it's late. And they looked at the time, and it was 11 p.m., and it was a school night. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, and normally he'd go pray with them in their bedroom. He said, well, well, um, we're here now. Let's just pray now. Let's just pray with Brother Hagin. And so they knelt down to pray and uh, you know, got off their chairs and knelt down to pray. And he said, when I knelt down, he said, I did not expect it to happen. He said, but I knelt down into a cloud. As soon as my knees hit the floor, I was in a cloud. I was in the Spirit. And... Um, and Jesus talked to him for about an hour and a half, appeared to him, talked to him for about an hour and a half about the devil, demons, and, and uh, demonic possession. And uh, long story short, in the, in the midst of that, this little uh, Jesus is speaking to him, and he's like getting all this stuff and hearing it, you know, with his spirit um, and his heart. And this little demon gets up in between him and Jesus and starts making all this racket, jumping up and down, about the size of a monkey, he said, saying, yakety yak, yak, yakety yak, yak, yakety yak, yak. And he said, Jesus acted like he didn't even see the demon, didn't even know the demon was there. And he just uh, continued to talk. And uh, 
Dad Hagen said, he's like, I was like kind of getting exasperated. Like, doesn't Jesus know? Like, I can't hear. I'm missing. I need to hear what he's saying. Right? And so he's, he's going through this turmoil, inner turmoil, and waiting for Jesus to do something. And, uh, you know, kind of one of the biggest revelations in that vision was, uh, you know, uh, he finally got so frustrated with what was happening and not being able to hear what he was trying to hear that he said to that demon, he just said, shut up in the name of Jesus. And when he said that, he said that demon was kind of floating in the air and he just hit the ground and started whining and whimpering like, you know, a little a dog you'd whipped or something like that. And, uh, and then he said, now get out in the name of Jesus. And he left. And Jesus then said to him, which is not the point of what I'm telling you, but I have to finish that because everybody probably wants to know. So Jesus said to him, if you had not done that, I could not have done that. Now he said couldn't have, but I'm doing it so I don't have to take so long in this part. Um, and Brother Hagin said, well, he kind of shook his head. Um, Lord, you mean you wouldn't have done it, don't you? I must have not heard you right. He said, no. I couldn't have done it. And he said, I cannot be hearing you right. You, you mean, like, I'm misunderstanding, right? You said that you would not have done that if I hadn't done it, right? He said, no, I said I could not have done it. And uh, that Hagen being what he is, uh, you know, he's a stickler for the word, even in a vision of Jesus. And so he said, well, he's like, I know you're here. Uh, I believe you're appearing right before me right now. He said, but I'm not going to accept that unless you can give me at, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word be established. And he said, and we live under the new covenant. And so unless you give me at least three witnesses under the New Testament, I'm not going to believe you even though you're appearing to me. And he said, Jesus didn't get mad at me. He smiled and he said, I'll do you one better. I'll give you four. <laughs> and he said, then I said, well, Lord, I've read the New Testament through 150 times and parts of it more than that. And if there's anything like that in there, I don't know it. And he said, Jesus looked at him so sweetly and said, son, there's a lot in there you don't know. <laughs> uh, so that's a whole nother kind of lesson. But the point I'm trying to make is he so wanted to hear what Jesus was saying to him. That finally he actually took his position of authority. And so we have to have ears to hear that it doesn't matter like what's kind of getting in our way. We're, we're going to hear. Remember, the Spirit of the Lord said this uh, through Solomon in uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Mm -hmm. Well, it's real easy to incline your ear to a lot of other sayings. Yeah. Sometimes young people like to incline their ears to cool people's sayings, who they think is cool. Mm -hmm. Normally who they think is cool, God doesn't think is cool. <laughs> but they'll replace listening to the Word uh, with listening to whoever's the latest, you know, what it would it be now, I don't even know. What is that little thing that China's trying to bring in? That, that TikTok. TikTok, thank you. TikTok sensation, or I'm trying to be trendy, okay? <clears throat> trying to stay up with what's the current one. It's TikTok today, tomorrow it's something else. Okay. Um, you know, but like, well, did you see, you know, or this YouTuber, who's the YouTuber, you know, and what they're saying? Well, uh, it's not necessarily bad, but it can be. It can take the place of the Lord. And so, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. So sometimes your eyes, it's more than just your natural eyes. It's, it's your spiritual eyes, the eyes of your spirit. Because mm -hmm. he said in Isaiah, uh, seeing they could not see. So what is in the eyes of your imagination? What's in the eyes of your imagination? I know Kenneth Hagin, when he was so sick, in the eyes of his imagination, I mean, he had vivid, detailed uh, images of himself dying, you know, and you know, on and on and on, like, you know, saw his body in the house, saw everybody come, looked down to the casket, saw his own face in the casket, you know, saw him buried, saw seasons pass and times come and all that type of stuff. So this is what he saw. As long as he saw that, he would lay in the bed. If that's all he could ever see. If you can't see anything else, 
He's not going to have anything else. Right? So it's really important uh, that in hearing you actually hear. So you have to ask yourself, am I actually hearing what the Lord is saying? And then uh, when I do that, then I know that I am not a good judge. Like the Bible says, you know, you can't, Paul said, Paul said, I could judge myself, but my judgment's not anything compared to the Lord's. So you, then I asked the Lord, Lord, am I like actually hearing what you're saying? Or is it kind of like, am I kind of like in a, a fuzz or a cloud? Or am I just kind of like, eh, you know, because I really want to hear. And so I, I inwardly uh, put a demand on the Lord uh, and saying, Lord, okay, I'm expecting to hear from you. I'm expecting to have light and understanding from you. And it makes all the difference in the world. So, with that said, I want to read to you uh, several names given to the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures. The first one I wrote down, in no particular order, is Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) And the next one I put down is Holy Ghost. And then, so I'm just going to kind of go through these. Spirit of Christ. He's the Spirit of Truth. The Paraclete. Spirit of Yahweh, the breath of the Almighty, the Counselor, the Comforter, the Spirit of Counsel, the Eternal Spirit, the Free Spirit. That means He's generous or He's willing, right? Um, So not like a free spirit. (laughs) Um, The Good Spirit, Psalm 143, Spirit of Might, Spirit of Adoption, Romans chapter 8, Spirit of Burning, That means he's like uh, fire and purifying. Uh, Spirit of judgment. Spirit of glory. The spirit of God. The spirit of grace. Spirit of knowledge. Spirit of life. Spirit of understanding. The spirit of wisdom. Spirit of the living God. The spirit of prophecy. The spirit of the Father. The author of scripture. The deposit. The seal. The guide the intercessor, the revealer, the teacher, and the witness. We could go home now (laughs) if we just said in Jesus' name. I mean, so (laughs) I was going through that. I'm like, this is really a blessing. Sometimes, I think, I I was going to say sometimes, most of the time we limit God's Spirit in our lives because we don't recognize Him. And, uh, you know, I wrote Brother Hank so much because we spent a little bit of time with him and we uh, learned so much from him. And really, I, I listen to uh, many other teachers and people, but uh, many times the Lord will kind of equip a minister uh, in such a way, in such a fashion that they really, you can really grab hold in your spirit of the things of God through their teaching and ministry. And so the Lord used him like a lot of that in my life. So uh, he said... Um, most believers wouldn't recognize the Holy Spirit if he was walked in the room with a red coat on or a red hat on. Well, what does that mean? Well, one of the things... Everybody's looking at me like, oh. Well, one of the things that means is, I heard him say another time, most ministers wouldn't recognize him if he was walking down the road with a red hat on. Well, what that means is, uh, you're going to recognize somebody walking down with the road with a red hat? Well, you might recognize there is someone walking with a red hat, but you don't know who that is. In other words, even though, uh, you know, if you, if you see someone walking with a big red coat or red hat, they're going to stand out in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, even if the Holy Spirit uh, showed up in such a way that he l- looked more prominent than everybody else, most believers still would not recognize him. Well, that's kind of an indictment and a challenge uh, because, you know, I have not been, you know, he went to heaven when he had been in ministry for 69 and three quarters years. I have not been that far yet, but I've been around for a few years and he's right. He is so right. And um, because... The natural man cannot receive, Paul said, the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. So what happens is many times uh, we will default to living from our natural man and then we cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God there. And so we just let it be what it is. But if we recognize the Holy Spirit and yield to Him, it'll change your life. 
There is, there is no one like God's Spirit. You know, if I'm having trouble with melody, which happens like, no. <laughs> if we're having communication trouble, you know, and challenges, I bypass her in a second. I go to the Lord. Why? Because I do not have the ability to communicate. Obviously, because I'm like, okay, every time I say this, you're hearing something that I'm not really trying to say. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm hearing something you're not trying to say. So I don't know if it's me or you or we. But one thing I know about him, think about this. Have you ever had him speak to you where you felt like the most stupid, foolish, ignorant mess up? Did he ever make you feel that way? Or did he always speak to you with pure love and pure faith, pure hope, pure confidence that, that you might have been turning away from his uh, communication to you, but he never turned away from his confidence that with God, all things are possible. Like uh, Mother Teresa said, you know, they said, you can't do what you have a vision to do, feed all these people, help all these people. And she said, uh, with God and this penny, I can do anything. Right? She just had a penny. She had nothing. But she had everything because she had God. Well, you see the results of her ministry. I mean, amazing. I, I've been to Calcutta. I mean, and amazing. Amazing ministry and amazing need there uh, for ministry. And so um, the Holy Spirit, somebody said he's a perfect gentleman, right? So he'll never force you, but he'll always invite you. He'll give you every opportunity. And when you yield to him, he'll give you things you didn't even expect and didn't even know you needed. So uh, it is very important that we have an inward um, attitude and demeanor of, okay, Lord, anything you want, I want. If you've got it for me, I want it. Um, because, you know, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit that night, uh, I didn't know if I wanted it or not. <laughs> I knew I wanted more of God, but I had so many uh, mental thoughts about it that really came from what other people said. But I had that peace on the inside and that, that, that leading. And then I heard myself say, well, I feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I was, I was like, that would be like getting up on the top of this you know, mountain cliff with a bungee cord attached to your feet and just be like, okay, let's just jump off the cliff. <laughs> right? Which I would not readily do. <laughs> but it'd be like, no, I'd bring it on. Because why? I knew him. I had been acquainted with him. He had never condemned me. He had never, you know, like so many times, uh, sometimes on purpose or inadvertent, your family can do to you, or friends, or certainly uh, non-believers, or uh, other people that are just yielding to the spirits that are in the world, the demonic spirits and other things, just the attitudes people have. He's never had that attitude. I've had that attitude. And even when I had bad attitude, he was never like, I'm done with you because you have a bad attitude. I am amazed at the patience and mercy of God. Because, you know, uh, patience is a, a fruit of the Spirit. But I can tell you, I don't always have uh, the fullness of that in operation <laughs> in my life. Uh, you know, patience means patience with people. And I'm like, Lord, you are... I mean, you know you are, but I'm just recognizing, I'm telling you, you're so much better than I am. <laughs> because your patience is like way longer than mine, right? right? So you think of that with somebody else, and then you start to think, well, how many times has the Lord been patient with me? Right? right? That makes it a little easier, but, you know, uh, the Lord is um, awesome. So what we are in is a relationship with the most awesome being that exists. Mm -hmm. And our relationship with Him will not go any further than our recognition of His Spirit. Mm -hmm. Recognizing means, you know, 
above the fray of demonic voices or whatever is happening, uh, above the fray of uh, the voice of reason, uh, above the fray of, um, well, Jesus said in Matthew there, he's talking about uh, the parable of the sower, that, uh, you know, the one where weeds grow up with the seed. Remember what he talked about? He said, that is basically the lust for material things, lusts of, of the flesh, and like you want to have all these things. They enter in and try to choke out the Word. Mm-hmm. Right? right? So all this other stuff tries to take the place of the Word. And as soon as the Word is sown, Jesus said, what's going to happen? The enemy's going to come and try to take that out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I have noticed it. <laughs> sometimes if I hear, hear a message or even when I minister a message, sometimes immediately afterwards, it's almost like the Bible's true, Immediately afterwards, like thoughts come or an interaction or a situation comes to try to, you know, I I don't know about you, but it's kind of like, I love T-bone steak. And so, uh, you know, we need a T-bone steak and, you know, the steak that's closest to the bone uh, has, you know, you eat it all off and then you have that little bit that's really close to the bone. It has so much flavor that you can savor. Right? Well, you receive the Word and sometimes you have to kind of marinate in it. You know, you're kind of meditating. You're, you're, you're chewing on it. Mm-hmm. And getting a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the enemy wants to stop that process mm-hmm. because your spirit has become one spirit with God's spirit. Mm -hmm. And so when you receive the things of God, uh, your heart or your spirit will kind of leap. Like, yeah, that's good, that's right. Even though your head might not, you can't wrap your head around it, right? but your spirit is rejoicing. Mm -hmm. You're like, I know that's true, I know that's true. Well, it's real easy to let that be the last dose of that that you get. And you're like, well, I got it because my spirit rejoiced. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't get it. You, you just begun. You just got like, it's like getting a, it's like looking into a dark room and a flash of light happened and you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then what happens is, you know, your iris, I don't know all the medical terms for it, you know, but all, all of a sudden you could, I could look at that really bright light and close my eyes and that image is still there, but it begins to fade and fade and fade and fade. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to look at it long enough. You look into the perfect law of liberty mm-hmm. that you're changed from glory to glory. Right? Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the names of the Holy Spirit was the mm-hmm. Spirit of glory. And so uh, you look into the Word with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So God never planned that you should ever read the Word without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, you read the Word without the Holy Spirit, don't expect that you're going to get it in your spirit. Well, the Spirit of God lives in you, but you need to recognize Him and you need to yield to Him. Mm-hmm. I was with a particular minister one time and he was really ministering things from uh, the Holy Spirit. And it's it kind of a room similar like this with couches and stuff like that. And um, there was another minister there and he just, all of a sudden, he interrupted the minister that was flowing with the Spirit, and he began to talk. Well, the minister that was talking, he just stopped talking. This other person kept talking and kept talking, and they were not flowing with the Holy Spirit. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you recognize what's happening? Well, if I would have said to him, uh, so-and-so, hold on. Check in your spirit right now. See if you should be talking. Uh, he would have said, oh, I probably shouldn't have been. But the environment was not such to, it would have been very embarrassing for him, you know, type of thing. You know, sometimes you think maybe you still should do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the Lord's trying to say something and we're interrupting the Lord. Right. Right. Well, it's pride is what it is because you think, well, you want to talk about what you want to talk about or you think yours is more important or you want to ask your question. You're not really listening with your, with your, uh, your spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to recognize him. And um, you can recognize him in a meeting like this. You can recognize him in your own home. Right. You know, we just had a, was it Monday or something like that? Saturday. Saturday? 
Saturday. Oh yeah, Saturday. So we were having some family uh, devotion time together, and um, we were uh, reading the word and different things like that. And then we started uh, praying, and um, in tongues. Well, we prayed in English, and then we were praying in tongues together. And uh, so we're praying. And all of a sudden, I heard Evie. And, you know, when you speak in a, a tongue that is like a, for public uh, hearing and interpretation, it's different than when you speak in a tongue that you're praying in, like you're praying in other tongues. There's a shift. And the best way I know to describe it is there's more authority in it. And the way you know that is in your spirit. You just sense it. You're like, it's almost like when you hear it, you almost want to sit up at attention, right? And then, you know, we're going to go there in just a second in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because there's uh, different administrations, so someone that actually operates in a ministerial office, when they speak in tongues before a group uh, like that, it'll even have greater authority in it. So anyhow, she started doing it, and uh, I don't remember uh, all or whatever, but there was other stuff going on, and I said, uh, we, you know, we're all praying, but I said, well, so hold on, hold on, everybody, listen. And so Evie stopped, because <laughs> I said everybody, you know, and she's so, like, compliant, you know. <laughs> uh, um it's just her personality. Uh, so um, not all my kids are that way. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that one's good, one's bad. It's just their different personality. Uh, so, um, uh, so she stopped. She said, what? And I said, well, no, no not you. <laughs> I said, uh, because I said, what you're speaking right now needs to be interpreted. And so you need to speak it out. And uh, I'm talking about recognizing the Holy Spirit. So, Because why? We're all yielded to the Holy Spirit because we're all praying in other tongues. So we're in a yielded uh, stance, so to speak. And um, so then everybody got quiet and she continued to pray. And she, she flowed just like a, I wouldn't call it like a river, but like a little stream. A, a, what do they call it? A babbling brook or something like that. So Jesus, just, she just flowed. And she finished. And then... Um, I spoke out the interpretation. It's a tremendous blessing. It was, it was a great time. And then, uh, well, actually, she spoke, and she got so full of the Holy Spirit that she just began to laugh. Mm -hmm. And she kept laughing and laughing and laughing. You know, um, but, you know, if we didn't stop and recognize, and then it actually affected everybody else because we prayed for a fresh infilling and just had a wonderful time. And, um, but it was because we, rec well, we took time but then we also recognize the Holy Spirit. So uh, he's always in every believer, but we don't always recognize and we don't always ask. And so it's important to invoke him. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Right? We think, I think I have an impression of what you want, but is this what you want? Right? And so uh, what happens is you start to go a certain direction. Sometimes you need to paw, humble yourself. Stay humble. Always stay humble. And uh, you pause, and then you say, Lord, what is that? I've been in many, uh, several, many, I don't know what you want, what's the right word, but not just a couple, hospital rooms where people are dead or dying or on their deathbed, like real serious type of stuff. Well, I mean, you know, if they're brain dead, it's going to be a miracle for them to come back. It's not just healing. It's healing and miracles going on. Uh, so what do you do? Well, I, I prefer that anything I do, I'm doing with the Lord, not apart from him because I have no power, but the power and that's, you know, like to raise anybody or help anybody except the power that he supplies. So if this person is going to be raised, if this person's body is going to be changed, it may be through words that come through my mouth mm -hmm. and it may be because I spoke allowed those words to come forth from my mouth but it's in a sense it's not because of me 
The only reason it's because of me is because I allowed God to do His predetermined will through me. Now, because I said it that way, I have to explain it. His predetermined will is He's already healed every single one of us. Right? But that doesn't mean that all of us are, like if we're all in somebody's hospital room right now, that it's His predetermined will that all of us are the one that is supposed to speak to that one, arise in the name of Jesus. He may want to use you to do it and not me. He wants to do it. And many times His first choice doesn't recognize Him. So He will go to another. But His will is such that He's going to get the job done if he can find someone to do it. Remember, he searches to and fro. His eyes are searching to and fro on the earth to find someone who will what? Stand in the gap and make up the hedge. He's like, I need a man who will act just like my son. Right? Jesus, he found that man in Christ. And so if, if he's going to find that man today, he's gonna, which is woman, man, you know what I'm talking about woman, man, mankind, human. If he's going to find that one, he's going to today find that man, that woman in Christ. Jesus was a man, God in the flesh, anointed of the Holy Spirit. You know, he didn't like, you know, if you ever see these drawings or these cartoons, what time is it? Um, you know, where um, uh, Jesus was a little boy and this little birdie died and he went and healed the bird. That is not in Scripture. That's not true. Jesus healed no one and did no miracles prior to the wedding in Cana. The Bible says this beginning of miracles Jesus did. Right preceding that, the Holy Spirit came upon him like in the form as like a dove. Okay, so every uh, Jesus' ministry did not begin until the Holy Spirit came upon him. So don't think that your ministry will begin until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus said, he, listen to this, it's amazing. Jesus said, don't minister. Remember? Actually, the way he said it was, wait before you minister. Until what? Until you be filled or endued is really, it's, it's such a good word, endued with power from yourself. No, power from on high. Right? Wait until you be filled with power from on high. So it's so important that we recognize the Holy Spirit and then that we uh, yield to the Holy Spirit. So he can do what he wants to do. And many times the will of God um, and the plan of God and the blessing of God and the grace of God have been uh, diverted because, um, you know, Henry Smith uh, is more interested in Henry Smith and Henry Smith's glory than God's glory. If your name is Henry Smith, I'm just using it as an example. John Doe. Jane Doe, right? Right, right. Uh, well, we're to seek uh, God's glory, not our glory. Right. And so, was it, uh, I can't remember if it was C. Newsom, it might have been C. Newsom, or uh, one of those other lady ministers, phenomenal lady ministers, said, um, um, most people would be so happy to see miracles if they could be the ones seen doing them. Right? No, I mean, we want the Lord to touch people's lives. Sometimes we're the biggest hindrance to that. You know, there was a couple that um, Melody and I were with. You know what I'm going to say? There's a couple that uh, we were with, and uh, they had a, a challenging situation in their family. And so we went and spent some time with them, and so we said, well, let's pray. Let's all pray together. So we began to pray. And um, as we're praying, it was kind of like, um, it'd be like walking up 
and I'm just going to go and I'll walk right into the wall. And then I say, Brandon, why don't you come? Here, let's do this. Let's do this together. And we both walk into the wall. <laughs> and I take Lindsay and Melody. Hey, let's go. Let's walk. And we all walk into the wall. You know, it wasn't painful, but it, you were stopped. So you're trying, you're looking to the Lord on the inside, like, Lord, what? And asking him, Lord, what's going on uh, about this situation? What's the, what's the problem? Because sometimes we face problems uh, that we don't understand what the problem, you know something's wrong, but you're not sure what it is, right? And so uh, we went together and we kept hitting this wall. <laughs> and, and again, like maybe like four times. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, okay, let's all stop. And I said, what you getting? <laughs> Well, I don't know that I'm getting much. And I said, well, I, to me, it's like we're hitting a wall. And uh, then there was some agreement. Oh, yeah, that is kind of what it seems like. And I said, well, let's pray about that. So uh, that takes humility. Right. Because I could say, like, hey, it seems like I'm hitting a wall. Well, that's easy to say in prayer. But if I say, let's ask the Lord, why are we hitting the wall? Well, to have the answer, God's going to have to speak. And what if he doesn't speak? And that would be embarrassing. And what if I don't know the Lord? And, you know, in other words, there's some apprehension there. Um, why? You have to act in faith. You have to trust God. And your flesh does not want to do that. And your, your mental reasoning is not stimulated by doing that. Like, oh, I can find out what the answer is. No, it's, let's just turn ourselves to the Lord and see what He says. So I said, let's ask the Lord. So I said, I did a real simple prayer, something like, I said, Lord, it seems, <laughs> you might think this is funny, I think it's funny. I said, Lord, or I probably said like, like this, Father God, it seems like we're hitting a wall. <laughs> and we don't understand why we're hitting the wall. Why are we hitting the wall? And so then I just got quiet like that. And then all of a sudden, she got a, a tongue from the Lord, and she began to speak. And then I had the interpretation, and I, I, I uh, spoke out the interpretation, and it was like this, um, what do you call it? I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> she says first there was a song. She thought there was a song first. There could have been a song Somebody first. Song, and then the tongue came. Okay, then the interpretation, and then when that when that interpretation came, it was like a, a flood or a cloud just went out in the room, and like such, it was like a release. It'd be like if I had like a cloud of water, which I don't know how you could have that, but any, well, cloud technically is water, but anyhow, see, I'm getting in the mental. Okay, so. If I had this, this, this substance water that it could like float in the air and I went like this and it just came and once it hit you, like a freedom came. You're like, oh. It'd be like being really thirsty and all of a sudden everybody took a drink. And you're like, oh, that quenched that, right? Well, then the answer came in the interpretation was the answer to the original prayer we were praying. Um, but apparently for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, you know, I could think stuff, but I don't know because I've never asked the Lord. But it needed to come that way. And so it came that way, and it was like a total release of something that had troubled them for, what, a month or something like that. Got the answer. Everything there. But um, so we yielded to the Holy Spirit, and then we didn't understand what was happening. So we asked, we acknowledged Him, and let Him right. do it. Well, it's not always comfortable to let Him, let you know, let him do it, you know. We had, um, when we lived in Michigan, I was ministering, or going to minister that Wednesday night at the church service. And um, so in our house that day, uh, we were praying together. And um, Melody started to speak in other tongues. And I'll give the interpretation. And uh, then she spoke in tongues again. And um, I gave the interpretation and as I gave the interpretation, in the middle of the interpretation, it felt like to me in the middle, like it wasn't finished. And I'm just like, I lost it. Like, I'm giving the interpretation, and it just stopped. And I thought, 
I was much newer to interpreting than what I am now. And so I thought to myself, I certainly, I must have, I stopped trusting the Lord. What was I, what, was I just thinking about something natural? Or was I, did I get hungry and thought, oh, I wonder what's for dinner? You know, what was I doing? I stopped recognizing him and yielding to him. And so I said to Mel, I'm thinking this, and then I said to Melody, because that was like a, kind of like walking into a wall, but it's more like you walk up to a cliff and you just stopped. And like, there's breaks. Like, I was flowing with the spirit and like, he stopped. I'm like, did I make you mad? What's going on? You know, quench not the spirit. You know. <laughs> so I said to Melly, I said, I apologize. You don't mind if I tell this to you. I'm still in the middle of it now. So I said, I apologize. I said, honey, I apologize. I, I totally lost it. I don't know what's wrong. And she kind of chuckled. And she said, what do you want to say it? She said, um, no, it's not you. It was me. She said, in the middle of giving out that tongue, I guess got distracted on something like that, and I just stopped right in the middle. <laughs> We're not just making stuff up. It's actually real. Right. And that taught me so much because I was like, well, I'm just giving the interpretation. I just flow with the interpretation. But, you know, it's tongues and interpretation. Right. So I was flowing with an interpretation but as whenever, wherever she stopped, I stopped. But because I don't know the tongue she was speaking in, I didn't know like she stopped in the middle of a sentence, right in the middle of a thought. But they, they, those work together, right? And so um, I'm just giving a couple examples of recognizing the Holy Spirit, yielding to the Holy Spirit, and um, that it's so important in all of our... Uh, when I say it's important, it's important to recognize him and to yield to him. Mm-hmm. And he is a divine personality. Mm-hmm. He is the third person of the Godhead. Um, all right. He is so different than any other spirit that there is. Like there's many spirits in the world none of, and many voices, none of them without significance. But there is no voice like his voice. And if you're going to hear the voice of God, it's going to come by the Holy Spirit. Uh, his voice will come by His Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never speak of Himself, but whatever He hears, Jesus said, that's what He's going to speak. He is eternal. And so He speaks about eternal things. Mm-hmm. We are um, encased in an earthly tomb of time, our body, right? We are limited uh, to the time on the earth while we're on the earth. Obviously, we're eternal beings as well. Uh, we'll live with Him forever, but this time on earth. And so we are continually um, limited by the realm of time, like right now, <laughs> right? 751. So when he speaks, though, he's he's eternal, and he speaks of eternal things. When you and I speak many times, we're speaking of temporary things. Hopefully we speak eternal things, and we speak the word, we're speaking eternal things. But many times we're looking for temporary answers to temporary things. And thank God for some temporary answers, because your body is temporary. But as long as it's temporary, you want it to work right. And what's, what's a kind of even more important than that is... Jesus wants it to work so right, he actually already paid the price for it to work right, and you shouldn't let him pay a price for nothing. Right? right? So don't dishonor like he, the great cost that it costs uh, him for you to have uh, not only his uh, spiritual life, but also uh, physical life. So when he speaks, he speaks of eternal things. And he speaks from eternal places and with eternal perspectives. So sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks... We put a temporary interpretation on an eternal word. I have called you to such and such. We're like, okay, I'm packing my bags today. And he's like, you never took the time to say like, Lord, should I be doing that right now? He shows you things to come, the Holy Spirit does. 
And many times, many is probably the correct word, uh, we will stumble and fall because we hear from the Lord and we're like, okay, I'm going to do it now. And most of the time when we're saying that, we're going to do it also in our own strength and our own ability. Mm-hmm. Where we really should say, okay, Lord, uh, I see that this is what you want me to do. Uh, when do you want me to do it and how do you want me to do it? Because mm-hmm. um, he'll lead us in every, every step of the way. It's kind of like, sometimes like there's a particular worship song you're supposed to sing. You know, whether publicly or privately. And so, you could sing one, and you're like, no, I don't know why, but that's not it. And you get to the right one, that's it. Right? And you start going, and then you go to the next, uh, another song, because maybe you're just having a time of worship in song. And all of a sudden, it's like that presence of the Lord seems to be less and less intense, like it's lifting and you're like, oh, what's going on? You should go back to the other song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, well, well, I have to do, I'm going to do this one and then this one and then this one and then this one. But you have to learn to flow with Him. Yeah. Same thing when you're talking the Word or reading the Word. Sometimes you're like, uh, well, I'm going to read this chapter today. But you keep getting distracted you can't even think about the other verses because this one verse keeps drawing your attention it's like there's something in that verse there's something right there well just give yourself the freedom really i should say give the spirit of god freedom to let him get that verse into you you don't have to like i have to read the whole chapter Mm -hmm. because i made a vow to the lord that i would read this many chapters you know the lord will forgive you okay (laughs) Like, literally, we're saying, okay, I'm not going to listen to you because I had this idea of this would make me feel good about myself. This would make me feel like you love me. Right? It's self-righteousness. So, uh, recognize the Holy Spirit when you're reading the Word. Recognize the Holy Spirit when you're working. Recognize the Holy Spirit, especially when you're ministering to people. But He wants to help you in the big things of life and the little things of life. He'll help you avoid uh, uh, pitfalls, uh, trouble, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you won't have challenges, but it means that no matter the challenge that comes, you will be more than an overcomer. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean like, you know, if I'm following the Lord, then I'll have zero problems. No, you might actually have more problems, but you'll have more adventure because you'll actually be overcoming this one and this one. Look what, look what happened. You know, like Paul, he's going and the whole ship falls apart, you know, and everything on the ship, they lost all the stuff on the ship. I suppose that means that Paul lost some possessions if the, if the guards let him bring any possessions with him. Right? So it affected some of his stuff that he had. And it certainly affected their stuff. It didn't need to because he, Paul, by, you know, by the Spirit, told them, hey, let's wait, it's not good. And they're like, oh, we know, we're sailors, we can make it. There's no storms on the horizon. God happened to know more. So, you know... In other words, the Lord wasn't trying to take from them. The Lord was trying to protect them. But it doesn't matter like that you're a believer and that you have the authority uh, that God gave you in Christ. Your authority is in connection with Christ. And if Christ says, hey, that's, don't, don't go out right now, then don't go out and then expect that nothing is going to happen. But the Lord is merciful and gracious, so if you just get self-determined and like, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do, don't just be like, oh, I messed up. Now I'm going to have to live in this. Well, there may be a few consequences, you know. Uh, you know, like if you go outside uh, without a raincoat on and it's raining, you're going to get wet. Mm-hmm. So you may have to go like dry off, change your clothes, right? But the Lord will, uh, you know, protect you, restore you. He's merciful. He's good. So the thing is, you just always turn to the Lord. As soon as you recognize, oh, I went the wrong way. Lord, forgive me. You don't make a big uh, deal about it. We make a big deal. Like, oh, I'm so horrible, I don't do it, you know. <laughs> the first time Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin, he was like, he said, I fell at his feet. And I'm like, oh, Lord, and I was weeping. Lord, there's no one as unworthy as me that's worthy to be in your presence. And the Lord said, stand up. You are worthy. My blood has made you worthy. Yeah. Well, that was one of the first revelations he had. He's like, oh. Well, when you put it that way, okay. Right? So you're like, by groveling like that, you're saying that the blood of Jesus has no power. 
well, would you ever just say that? That even hurts me just to say it as a saying what you're saying. Yeah. You know, to just communicate what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even like to say it that way. So, um, uh, he speaks from eternal places with eternal perspective. His words are life. His words, uh, now think, uh, everything we've learned about the Holy Spirit. His words are help. When he's speaking, he's giving help, right? Uh, when he's speaking, his words are health. When he's speaking, his words are freedom. Uh, his words are true, and they are truth. His words are reality. Remember when God said, Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations? That was the reality. He couldn't see any evidence of it in himself or in Sarah. Yet God saw it crystal clear. He has been made that. Right? Well, there's so much more, but we ran out of time. Oh, uh, let me just finish these last two, or last one. If you let his words gain entry into you, settle down in you, find their fitted home in you, the result is an emboldening, empowering infusion of supernatural life and ability. If you let his words gain entry into you, that's hearing, and settle down in you, that's kind of like meditating, like, okay, attentively listening, uh, and find their fitted home in you. Like they find their place. Like Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words find a home in you, they abide in you. You'll ask what you will, it'll be done for you. Uh, the result is you will be emboldened, you'll be empowered, you'll be infused with supernatural life. So it, it's so important that we recognize the Holy Spirit and um, He'll go with you wherever you go. You can go to like, you know, uh, the most sinful, horrible place and if you turn to the Holy Spirit there, He's right there with you. You can go to the most spiritual place and He's right there with you. You can go any place in between. He's right there with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Uh, when you receive Him, you are sealed forever by the Holy Spirit. Right? And so, you're, sealed means you're marked. That's like a king's seal, the wax, the signet, burnt in. Uh, that's what happens when you're born again. And so, God's Spirit, He will never leave you. And so, you can turn to Him in the middle of sinning or in the middle of worship and praise and rejoicing or in the middle of mundane life. And He will protect you. He'll help you. He'll strengthen you. He'll show you the way. And He'll give you... You'll have like an awesome time. You get so full of the Holy Spirit like Evie, you just begin to laugh. Right? Because uh, in His presence is fullness of joy. Amen. All right, well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your spirit. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone, but you gave him to us. And Father, we ask uh, that you would open our spiritual eyes and ears to grab hold of your spirit, who he is, what he's doing, how to work with you through him. Father, more than we ever have. Thank you that you don't leave us alone. Thank you that uh, you strengthen us in our inner man by Him, and that He even makes these bodies live and function the way they were designed according to Your resurrection power on the inside of us. We thank You for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're watching with us tonight and you're not uh, a part of God's family, you've never received Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Uh, best decision you'll make in your entire life. It's not a mental decision. It is a heart decision. And how do you isolate your heart or find your heart? Uh, best way I know to do that is it's the place when you have to forgive someone and you're serious about doing it, it's the place you forgive people from. And so uh, with the heart you believe and with the mouth uh, you just declare that belief, and then you're born again. Uh, and that belief is that God raised Jesus from the dead uh, for you so that your sins could be removed and so you could be part of His family. You cannot come to God by doing good things. 
like uh, it's, it's real like human nature, I suppose, to just say, well, uh, I give money to the poor and uh, I serve in the community or I serve in the church. You can be a church member and not be born again. Jesus said you have to be born again. You have to be reborn uh, in order to enter the kingdom of God. You must be reborn. You must be recreated. And so um, when that happens, all of your sins are removed. God doesn't see you as a sinner because you're no longer a sinner. You're his child and you are just as pure and just as right with him as Jesus himself is. And the way that happens is just receiving Jesus. So I want you right now to make a decision. Uh, and whether you recognize it or not, you are making a decision. Uh, you're either rejecting Christ or you're accepting Christ. But I want you to make a decision to accept him because he loves you and he has a plan for your life. And his love is not like the love of the world. His love is pure. And his love uh, is self-sacrificing for you. Uh, in just a few seconds, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray that prayer with me if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior and come into the family of God. Uh, pray this with me. Say, Oh God, oh God. I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son, and that He died on the cross to take away my sins. I believe that you raised Him up on the third day from the grave. so that I could be right with you. Jesus, I receive you right now as my Lord, my Savior. I'm going to live for you. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. Thank you, Father God, that you are now my Father and I am your child. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, amen.